Hello everyone and welcome back to the Orcocast, where I talk with indie developers about their games and gaming in general. And today with me is Vojo, who is currently working on a game and he's going to tell us a little bit more about it. Vojo, let's go. Hello Orco, thanks for having me. So I am the lead developer of Chester's Revenge. Everybody calls me Wojo. My wife and I, we, we run a husband and wife indie, small indie studio called uh, Wojo Studios. We're based out of Buffalo, New York in USA. We are currently producing Chester's Revenge, which is going to be our first game published by Bonus Stage Publishing. If you like old school retro 2D platformers with lots of good boss fights, I think that's the game that you're going to be into. With that, I mean, we can. I'd, I'd love to talk more about this. I, I got a lot to. I got a lot of beans to spill today. So, well, then let's go right in. So, first questions: um, If the orcs and the Eldar in 40k would fight, like total all-out war, who would win? Oh man, the so did you say orcs versus Eldar? Orcs versus Eldar. Okay, so it's just one on one. Well, the Eldar are, are more powerful. They have better technology, right? But there's less of them, right? Because, like, aren't there a lot more orcs? I don't know. I think if it was, um, I think if the Eldar was were able to use their technological advantage to maybe score a swift, decisive victory, they can totally go um, Eldar. But I think if in a prolonged war, I think the orcs would eventually win. Just they'll have, they would do. I think they would just throw more more cannon fodder at them over time. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a, a Warhammer expert per se, but I am a little well versed in in the universe. Okay. So <laughs> I, I say orcs win for obvious reasons. Or <laughs> okay let's talk about chester a little bit so the one thing that uh, always was like coming to my mind yesterday when i was playing the game uh i was thinking about who inspired the character of chester mm -hmm. so let me get my theory out before you answer i have a theory i see chester as an amalgamation of arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> and dolph lundgren Am I right or not? No, you're off. You're. Off. I mean, you're close. You're. You're in the right ballpark, but you're. You're. You have the wrong characters. Okay. Um, you're. You're the right genre. I should. So, um, Dra Drago was actually. Well, Dolph Lundgren was actually. You know, like Drago is my favorite character from Rocky IV. One of my all-time favorite characters, and the the boss Drago was was influenced by by him, of course. But Chester, Chester was actually well he heavily influenced by Rambo as far as '80s villains or 80s action heroes, I should say. When we were devising the character, we actually have guinea pigs in, in real life, and we have a guinea pig named Chester. So we kind of themed it after him a little bit, mixed with, you know, like random 80s action stars with Rambo kind of being the big one that with the headband and, uh, you know, just kind of how he looks and the whole... The whole shtick okay yep good obviously you you said already at the beginning that like the boss fights are a huge focus for you i mean i'm i'm all for that don't get me wrong i love good boss fights but how did you get to the design decision to the conscious design decision to say okay i want to make the bosses in my game the true highlight i probably know where you got it from but i want to hear it from you mega man is the obvious influence like in general i've always just kind of felt the boss fights were my favorite part of the game 
usually, you know, it's what I look forward to the most, you know, get through the level and then you get rewarded with an awesome boss fight. You know, I didn't want them to be an afterthought, you know, like just, you know, like a no name villain that just kind of shows up and then you kill him and then you just move on to the next level, you know, without any sort of story or, or you know, flavor or anything like that. So I, I, you know, very, very early on, I knew I wanted to present to bosses in a very Mega Man-esque style and really market them and make them the, the focal point of, you know, alongside Chester. Chester's still the focal point, but, you know, the bosses are, like you said, they're kind of the star, too. I always wanted to do that. It's always just been a, a, a game design philosophy for me. If I ever wanted to do a game, I'd want to make it very, very boss-centric and really have the bosses be, like, fleshed out and really be a big part of the experience. And I can totally see myself doing that for future games, too, even if I do, even if I go into, like, a different genre. Uh, I would, I still want the bosses to be a very big part of the, the story and, and, you know, villains are important, you know, you can't just have heroes, the villains got to be fleshed out too. That is very much true. My personal, or my personal perspective on your bosses was that you actually made an amalgamation and a very noticeable one that doesn't mean in any way it's bad, amalgamation of Mega Man bosses and your second inspiration you stated already on stream cuphead mm -hmm. while while cuphead is more of a boss rush game because mm -hmm. the focus is more on bosses there Mega Man also has levels and um i feel like that you took inspiration from both games when designing the bosses obviously you took more inspiration when it came to the levels from Mega Man and, mm -hmm. and put both together at least it felt for me like that and now we are coming to the interesting part yesterday and and you also admitted that a lot of that some people also said that someone in my chat while I was playing the game said it looks like jack jazz rabbit even mm -hmm. down to the movements where would you explain comes this from that they are drawing to that title even if it isn't even an inspiration for you I, I think it's i think that's more of a coincidence with the way the, with the art style that we went with i had concept art I don't, i'm not sure if you've ever seen the concept art for for the bosses but it, it was a very they were done in a very unique style and then you know the the art team our, our pixel artist tuan you know i wanted him to kind of follow the the concept art pretty closely and it just kind of came out the results that it did and you know a lot of people have said you know it looks a lot like jazz jackrabbit aladdin for the genesis it's another game that people have been commenting a lot so yeah i'm not i'm not sure i mean what when we were when we were first designing the pixel art when we were kind of like talking like how do we want it to look what you know we were actually kind of like we took a lot of inspiration from metal slug to from the pixel art aspect of it um and we were kind of going something more toward that actually um and we kind of got what we got really it's kind of like a bit of everything a lot of people think it's you know looks like jazz jackrabbit that's cool <laughs> we didn't we didn't intend it that way but that's if that's how it turned out that's that's cool i guess it's uh, i i mean it's probably your first big game game endeavor or your first big game in development in quotations did mm -hmm. you experiment before on other games do you have prior experience or did you just go in cold? So this is this is our first, I, I guess you can say, real game, big game. I have a lot of amateur development experience doing various things. I did a lot of work with like RPG makers back in the day, but this is 
Chester's Revenge is the first game that we're building using like an actual game engine like Game Maker or Unreal or Unity. Like this was kind of like my first go at that. I mean, it, it started with I, I wanted to teach myself how to use Game Maker. I taught myself and basically made Platformer, which was like a which was like a the prototype for for Chester's Revenge. And then from there, we start we, we we took that prototype and and just you know came up with like the story and the character kind of just went from there but yeah i mean it was not cold turkey but and this is definitely our first big game for sure how long was your journey until you got there how long was the chester's revenge journey or how long was how long did it take you to get to the point that you said okay i want to make chester's revenge or okay. i feel ready to make this game maybe like a month or two like I, you know, I spent a couple of weeks kind of like following tutorial videos and slowly built this prototype. And then I, of course, I had to talk to my wife and, you know, I, I we had a nice discussion and I was like, look, if we do this, we're going to have to hire people. We're going to have to hire artists. We're going to have to hire people to make music. And, you know, you know, we decided a couple months after I started, basically, we, we decided then that, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, it, it kind of went from there, exploded, really. We started from having a concept artist to a concept artist and a pixel artist and then uh, another programmer and then a composer. And <laughs> so it, yeah, so a couple months to answer your question in a roundabout way. Okay, that doesn't sound all too long. How long have you been working on Chester itself and do you work full time on it? We started about... I want to say 15 or 16 months ago. It's a little over a year. So it was like, I think it was like January of 2021, first started building the prototype. And yeah, right now we're working full-time, full-time on the game. Well, we'll see. We'll see how Kickstarter goes, funding goes. But uh, right now, yeah, I'm working full, full-time on the game. Does your wife do on the game? She handles all the business stuff. She, uh, I handle the game stuff. She handles all the business part of the business stuff. Her official title would be logistics manager. That's what she likes to be called. <clears throat> but um, she handles our payment sort of finances. She's been kind of handling a lot of the Kickstarter stuff. Generally handles the business side of Wojo Studios, which which allows me to focus on the actual game side of things, which is which is very 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 great actually. It's a blessing from her. So she's she's tremendous. Yeah, she sounds very supportive. And yeah. So that's that's always a good thing. Absolutely. Having a wife in your corner. Okay. Chester's Revenge is a 2D side-scrolling action platformer, you could say, right? Yep, that's the retro 2D action platformer, all pixel art, <coughs> chiptune sound, 2D shooter, 2D platformer, any of those is appropriate. So we already talked about the inspirations for your game. Cuphead and Mega Man 2, essentially. Mm -hmm. But which game actually made you think, this is what I want to do? I want to do this. I want to do my own game. I, I would say there are two that happened at different points in my life. The first game would have been way back when I was a little kid, back in the 80s. Do you remember a game called Kid Icarus for the original Nintendo? That was the first time I ever like really kind of fell in love with a video game and, and the artwork and, and the whole the whole thing and made me want to like actually make a video game. And I remember just, you know, like drawing levels out on like a notebook in school instead of paying attention. And, you know, I had all these levels drawn out and that that was that was that was the first time that I remember like really 
wanting to make video games. That was like, it became like a, you know, a, a passion of mine. And then uh, another point, another time that happened would be back when I was um, maybe around 19 in college. This would have been like late 90s, so it's kind of dating me now. Back when uh, first-person shooters first came out, do you remember Quake? That game got me into like game design and, and, and level design and the mod community and modding games and, and that. And, and that was another big thing. And ever since then, I've always I've always been um, a passionate like game modder. Uh, I've always been passionate about doing level design for, you know, like amateur level designs for various shooters and things like that. I did a lot of that back then. So to answer your question, that would be, yeah. So those, those, those would be the two points in my life where I would, I would, I would say it really made me want to, to make a video game. Talking about uh, level design for a little bit, that's actually a great segue. So mm -hmm. you are aware of how they designed platformer levels in the earlier days when platformers like Super Mario came out, right? Oh, they yeah. would use these huge papers and draw the level by hand. Do, do you do that as well, or what method do you use to design your levels in Chester's Revenge? I do that a little bit. Like, I don't necessarily design the entire level and paper first, but I, I, I certainly sketch parts, doodle, and, you know, try and get it down on paper as much as I can if when I got an idea. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I do that. Not religiously, though, but yeah, I, I, I do. Okay, that's, that's interesting. And how, when you look at the demo level, and the level, the other level I've seen, so the um, Sting Tooth level is a desert. And then you have the Dragon Dean level, which is basically a volcano, right? Or something yeah. in, in that, in that yep. regard. How do you go about to find the right theme for the bosses? Like, do you, do you come up with the, I, I bet you come up with the bosses first, actually, because that would make more sense. And then you probably theme the stage like and what you think is appropriate. But do you do research like, for example, okay, Manticore comes from this section of the world and would be probably put into put into a desert? Or how do you go about theming the stage after the boss? Like for a lot of them, like you said, I, I come up with the boss first and I kind of think of something that kind of, you know, fits the boss. And, and other times I just have an idea like oh you know hey i i really want to do a desert level <laughs> or you know a water level or something like that you know for the for the demo i i, I always knew i wanted to do a desert level with a manicore's boss because a manicore kind of just fits in a desert i don't know if that's mythologically accurate but in my mind that's how it should be <laughs> so i mean i guess to answer your question i kind of just go with what kind of looks and feels cool you know because you, you definitely want theme um uh you want matching themes if you can because we have um like an ice bunny uh boss uh named jackie and so naturally his level is going to be like kind of like this arctic tundra slash forest -y area but yeah i i mean you know there isn't a specific um plan that i use when 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 doing that but um i do try and keep things thematically aligned when possible but mostly it's just whatever's gonna be cool okay that sounds that sounds like a mixture of reasonability and i do whatever i want so that's okay with me. <laughs> yeah pretty much and what, what do you find that's the hardest process in designing a video game oh boy quite a few different things um but i can only pick one huh you can uh, only pick one 
And it has to make your life a living nightmare. I mean, would it be cliche if I just said, like, bugs? Because uh, that that that's definitely a big thing. Hunting down bugs. Um, particularly gameplay breaking bugs. You know, I, I to be honest, I like most aspects of, of game like I, I i like building it i like putting it all together and i i even like the the social media part of it the advertising so to speak so i don't know i guess i'd have to say the the bugs like really whenever you run into like a really game breaking bad bug that that has to be fixed but it's really really difficult to fix that's that's definitely the worst probably that i can think of anyway that is completely okay that is your yep. nightmare <laughs> how do you or how did you go about designing chester do you have like this huge design bible next to you that you always consult uh, when you do something new or is it just more of the cuff like yeah i've got a few things written down but i just do it on the fly anyways i'm more more the latter more like cool idea will pop into my head i'll throw it down on like a trello card or in like notepad and then try to implement said cool idea <laughs> um yeah I, I i don't have like a big like big book or chester's revenge compendium or or game plan or anything like that no no it's more on the fly what do you do if said great idea doesn't work out it depends um if it does if it really doesn't work out we just cut it if it's salvageable we try and fix it but like for instance we had uh i used to have the great idea of having let's have wall jumping and blocking in the game um and we we cut it uh just because it felt kind of tacked on it didn't really fit the the gameplay mechanics i mean i guess to answer your question if it, if it doesn't work we just we, we cut it and go from there i can see the blocking actually working to be honest if you design the game in a specific way but um i think you would have to go back to the drawing board and redesign every enemy in the uh desert stage i've played yeah that was kind of the issue we had um we were gonna have um let you block the uh the flame attack that the boss does but the problem we had was that was the only point in the game where you actually used your block ability and it just felt tacked on so we just cut it just we, we just felt like you know instead of just completely you know reworking the gameplay of everything so that you're blocking all the time it just you know it, it didn't feel i don't know it just felt wrong so we, we, we just cut it. Because uh, in the, the, the funny part is I actually played a game recently that was a 2D twin stick shooter. You could say that also utilized a blocking mechanic and they did it actually pretty awesome. So I, I like I said, I just say I could imagine it working in your game to some extent. But if you say, OK, the only instance when you use that it would be in this when he throws the flames at you, then this is no. Then I see why you cut it, obviously. We'd really have to incorporate it more into the, the second to second gameplay. and Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So it, it's, it's always on a table, but, you know, it's uh, for now, for, we, we cut it and we'll, we'll see. We'll see what goes from there. Do you play like modern 2D side-scrolling action games like um, what comes to mind now? They always run or just, as I mentioned, Gunborg games like that to see where your, let's say, competition is at the moment with their games? Or do you just face all of that out and say, I'm just going to do my stuff and whatever else happens around me doesn't concern me? 
to be, I mean, a little bit of both, to be honest. I don't, like, I haven't had time to really play many games lately. Like, since I started working on Chester, I haven't played many games, unfortunately. I, I mean, occasionally I still do, but not, like, it, my, my playing time has been cut way down. Um, I do, um... I do like to scope the competition out from time to time. That's more related to, though, like marketing and, and Kickstarters and things like that, because I'm much more interested in, in seeing how other games handle marketing and advertising and getting the word out of their game. You're getting the word out for their game or how they went about their Kickstarter than I am the actual like, oh, you know, the, you know, then I am the game itself and, oh, I need to do this in my game too, you know? So no, I mean, I'm kind of doing my own thing with the game itself, but I do scope out the competition a lot, but that's more for, like I said, advertisement and marketing and less the actual game design. If you look at, you call yourself Vocho Studios, right? Yeah. Yep. If you look at the, if you look at your video game studio and you have like, let's say you and your wife are at the top. <laughs> of how many people of how many people consists your core team and then your expanded team i, I mean what what's the core team that works on chester and then maybe another number for people that tangentially work on it okay just a rough estimate five i think off the top of my head is is core me and my wife shove him as our lead programmer charles is our composer twan is our pixel artist so he, yes five i think i'm if i'm forgetting somebody i'm so sorry and then but yeah and then we have like an expanded team you know we have some uh like some beta testers we have uh some people who are helping with some additional artwork and then of course we have our wonderful voice cast who are kind of like our expanded team too um, so yeah i think i think the but yeah the core team is is five people five people okay yeah and you said you have like a lead programmer you have a pixel artist you have a composer now it's a question what's your role in the team are you just the one who delegates sits back smokes cigars and drinks whiskey all day or <laughs> <laughs> you wish you were that guy i know but what are your duties in the team mostly mostly like programming i do the programming alongside our lead programmer he i mean i hired a lead programmer because my programming skills are average i would say at best <laughs> you know i wanted to bring somebody on the team to help me and really oversee my code and help but uh but yeah like i mostly do programming and then you know level design like i'm i i i'm the one who built the actual levels and then i do a lot of marketing i spend a lot of time on social media and just trying to get the word out and and then but yeah but then i also handle all the the project manager stuff so, you know all the all the delegating and communication and you know, all, all that all that stuff basically too so but yeah but from a from a core game design perspective programming and level design are the two big ones that, yep. that sounds good i mean your duties as basically i would say community managers so far are also very important obviously so because you can't you you have in in this climate like we are talking about a so saturated market i i don't i don't want you to put you down now i have it but uh let, let's face it the market is completely saturated when it comes to video games your role is actually one of the most important because you have to reel people in, you have to make people interested in your product, you have to find the right 
people. That is so important. And I know absolutely from my own experience, because I'm my own social media manager, you know that yep. it, it is hard to just draw people into the stream and just to say it's just absolutely. So I, yeah, I think right. you're in, in that regard, in that regard, you're doing a good job. And because I enjoy your tweets and you also do a very you have a young, aspiring game creator before you. <laughs> Somebody who's really hungry, who wants to get into the indie market and shred it down and tear it down to the core and whatnot. <laughs> what would you give this aspiring game designer? What would be the one advice you would give to him? It does said does said game designer know how to know how to make games? Like, does he know how to program or she? Let, let, let's just say yes, they know it. <laughs> okay. Just All a right. hypothesis we are talking about here. Yeah, because I mean, my oh. my first advice would be learn how to program. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, assuming you know, assuming you know how to program, play lots of video games. Learn what feels good and what doesn't feel good when you're playing a game. Put emphasis on gameplay, the controls especially. The game has to feel good in the player's hands. So gameplay and, and, and controls are the most important. Make sure you play lots of games to know what makes a good game from a control point of view. And then once you, once you know how to do that, you can you can you, you, everything else will come into play. This young aspiring game designer has a limited amount of time. What do you suggest him to stay? To what do you suggest him to stay within one genre, like the same genre he wants to do, or would you tell him to branch out? Well, no. Um, I would I would tell him to to make what he's passionate about. If he likes, or uh, sorry, uh, he or she, uh, if they like one particular genre, then by all means. You know, if that's if that's what you're passionate about, then then do that. I meant more. I meant more in the sense of playing games. Having a wide variety of knowledge is great, but if you don't have a lot of time, stick with stick with the the genre that you want to make or genres that okay. are similar. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bonus round. I'll give you a few few minutes to talk just freely off your chest about Chester's Revenge. You have free okay. reigns now. You can advertise it as much as you want. And after okay. that, we are going to talk a little bit about gaming in general. Okay, sounds great. I'm down. Okay, then let's go. As I said earlier in the podcast, uh, Chester's Revenge is a uh, 2D, retro 2D platformer. Got all pixel art, chiptune soundtrack, heavily inspired by Mega Man, Cuphead, boss-centric game. We have a Kickstarter coming. It was originally going to come in, in March, but it got delayed. We weren't ready. We're probably shooting toward June now at this point. So we have a Kickstarter coming. Uh, you can go to uh, our Kickstarter page and pre-register. Uh, pre That's very important because it'll notify you when Kickstarter goes live. Yes, we will be having plushies, a Chester plushie, amongst other things. We, we, we got physical copies of the game plan, art book, soundtrack, good stuff. We have a new, we have a demo out right now. It's a closed demo. We have a sign-up form for it. Uh, we'll have all the links posted. We also have another demo planned for June for uh, Steam uh, Next Fest, uh, which is going to be a two-boss demo as opposed to a one-boss demo that we have right now. Lots of good stuff coming. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. It's at Chester Revenge. There's no S in there. 
So follow us on Twitter, wishlist us on Steam, post a Steam link, sign up for uh, our Kickstarter. Uh, we also have a Discord, and you can find that the link for that on our Twitter page. So join our community, come hang out, say hi, and yeah, Chester's Revenge. It's coming. We have a demo out now, another demo coming. We're shooting for retail, hopefully next year. We'll see how that goes. Coming to uh, Steam, well, I should say Windows and Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, Windows, Linux, and home consoles. Chester's Revenge, published by uh, Bonus Stage Publishing. And that's actually a nice segue into gaming in general, because you mentioned PlayStation. Yeah. How do you feel about the news that Sony wants to enforce everyone who put a game onto their store to make a two-hour trial available? I don't know. A little mixed. Like, I mean, as a as a fan, I, as a gamer, I, I, I think that's pretty cool. As a game dev, it's a little you know there's some pressure uh to do for sure because i mean two hours could be a big chunk of your game depending on what kind of game you're making so i mean i'd, I'd honestly i'd have to i'd have to know more because like i mean is it does is is, is, is it have to be like a flat two hours like for sure yeah um, flat two hours for sure they said i can see how short games that that can be very really problematic games that are like five or six hours long yeah i don't know i'm i have mixed emotions i'm not like i'm not fired up or or you know that's I'm not fired up. Fan. yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm just saying you know it's uh i'm just interested how people feel about certain things that go on into the video game industry like for example another thing that i'm very passionate about um is what do you think about the epic game store doing all this exclusive stuff with with uh pc games how do you feel well, about that i i mean i don't i don't like exclusives in general i mean i mean they have advantages you know designing a game you know when, when, when a big budget studio makes makes a game that's specifically designed for your console sometimes that can get better results but generally you know um like i i'm i'm more like you know just put it on everything so i'm i'm not um that's where i stand but again i'm not i'm not like fired up over it or anything like that it's just it is what it is let me let me take you back a little bit so let's say it's end of the 80s beginning of the 90s yeah it is the hardest summer day that you can imagine no one of your friends wants to go out mm. and you also want to stay inside because it's just this, this little bit too hard you know like mm -hmm. this one this one degree where you just say oh no i can't move i don't want to move. Mm -hmm. so you're in your room you have your television up you just went to blockbuster you got some got some chips got some ice cubes for your coke what mm -hmm. is the game that you just rented from that Ooh, era man so we're talking uh you said end of the 80s early 90s yeah exactly you can choose the console and you can choose the game you rented maybe you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with one of my favorite games from that era was uh fantasy star 2 uh, it was a jrpg great game by the way it was one it was a that was one of the first games that blew me away graphically. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the first like Genesis like sixteen bit games that I remember seeing as a kid. So I'd, I'd, maybe I'd go with that one. But other good choices would be like uh, Super Mario three, Ninja Gaiden two, Mega Man two or three. Those are all good. Okay, and you would play this the entire week. <laughs> 
I would I would sit inside and play video games during the summer when I was a kid. <laughs> now comes the now comes the big question. If mm-hmm. you could change one thing about the current state of the video game industry, what would it be? Mm, man. You know what? As much as I like 3D games, I would like if I could like make a wish or something or had the power to do whatever, uh, I would make it so that all video games were made in 2D again. I would enjoy that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, and since I'm um, actually a bit of an advocate for them, what do you think of not safe for work games? Sure, I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, if people want to make those type of games, if people want to play them, fine with me, I don't care. You're not, uh, you're not somebody who says the smut has to go because it taints our industry. Very good. Very no. good. No. Okay. Video games are just a medium like anything else. Very good. I like that. Uh, so what is your favorite game of all time? Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. That's an obvious candidate. Why? The music, the characters, and the story. Just absolutely fell in love with it. Great game. Great game. One of like, just, I mean, it's just a great, it's a perfect game. It's like, you know, the Pulp Fiction of video games, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, perfect. <laughs> Okay, I can I can get behind that. Let's go back again in time a little bit. The one perfect action game on the NES that is not Mega Man. Okay. Was Contra. It's more a bit of a quiz question right now. All right. Contra, you know, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Love Contra. Who, which two actors inspired the the main characters in Contra? Um, Arnold and Stallone. Uh, um, Very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I mean, or to be more specifically, Dutch and Rambo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> If you had like a unlimited gaming budget, what what kind of game would you make? Ah, uh, big budget JRPG. Well, you know what? I don't know. No, yeah, yeah. I think that would be it. I would probably, I would love to make um, um like a balls to the wall JRPG with you know, um, not not not. I mean, I'd, I'd still prefer to do it in 2D. You know, but like an Octopath Traveler kind of game. If you played Octopath, uh, Black, yes, Octopath Traveler, that would be a lot of fun to make. I would love to do that. I would love to make a game like that and have the bosses um, raid-centric. Uh, if you ever played um, World of Warcraft, I, I played the hell out of WoW. <laughs> did a lot of raiding, oh, yeah? and I very much enjoy that, uh, or did anyway, haven't played in a while. Uh, but I would love to, to make a JRPG where the boss encounters feel like raid bosses in WoW. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. Assemble your adventures for that game. Who is helping you? Well, my current team, ideally, but we'd have to we'd have to hire more people for sure. So we'd have to hire more artists, more programmers, and a big, big cast of voice actors. Any big names that come to mind for any role? Oh, oh you mean like uh, big devs in the um, in the industry? You mean? Yeah, yeah. You have unlimited budget after all. You can hire everyone. Oh, okay, I'd see what Kojima's up to. You want to come help me make a game? That <laughs> he'd be my first choice, but okay. uh, I, that would be uh, beyond my budget, though. I think <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to lure Hideo Kojima into making a video game with me. But I mean, you have unlimited budget, so yeah. you you just throw money at him at some point. He'd come. <laughs> you know, you know who I would ask. Suda fifty one. Oh, okay. That um, I'd I'd uh, I can I'd get behind that too. 
Other than that, I think that Kojima would be also a good choice for a JRPG. I think he's never done one, but I think he, he could also contribute greatly to it. I think he has the experience, so that, that one would be... It would be trippy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> then, what is your scariest gaming experience that you ever had? My uh, scariest? Yeah, yeah, the most fucked up, the scariest, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have to necessarily be tied to the game itself. It could also be something that just happened while you were playing the game. Yeah, I've never really had anything scary happen to me while I was playing a game uh, that I can think of. No, I can't. I can't. I can't think of anything like that. So I'd, I'd have to go with like scariest game. Maybe, um, maybe Dead Space. Uh, I remember playing that the one time under the influence um and you know like i had all the lights off i had headphones on and that that was like that was that was scary that was a scary game but yeah i, I don't know i can't think of any like actual like real life moments that made playing a game scary can't think of anything to be honest with you i i played i played my game boy like the great brick game boy under my blanket and i knew when my mother would come in and catch me doing that i would be in huge trouble so that was scary as fuck <laughs> i yeah i understand where you're coming from <laughs> okay to to just wrap it up a little bit is there one question that you want to ask me one question that i can ask the orcosaurus yes if you could well you know what i don't want to make it about jester's revenge what is your favorite video game genre my favorite that that's actually a hard question because i love video games <laughs> i love them all i think i like the stuff the most that i grew up with so crpgs real-time strategy games tactic games i like roguelikes so gotcha. tycoon simulators whatever like this is this is the stuff i grew up with um, and that's probably the stuff I will forever love. I don't have really a set genre where I say, yeah, always, I play everything in there. Like, no, yeah. a game has to be always be very specific to cater to my incredible right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah. Um, I think if you, if you ask me and if you really put a gun to my head, I would actually say I'm very, very passionate about offset, not safe for work sector at the moment, at least. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so that so. would be my favorite, in quotation, genre for many right. reasons. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Sorry, I didn't yeah. have a more profound question for you, but I uh... that that is completely okay. I I want to see what people come up with on the spot. Yep. So that that's part of the of the thing I'm going for here with that show. You have a speech before the United Nations yeah. to address the current state of video games. What would uh, you say? I give you I give you a few minutes before we wrap up. So I'm addressing the UN over the state of video games? Yes, you do. Why am I doing this? Is there a because, particular reason? Because you can. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm just sort of like an ambassador for video games and trying to put the good word in kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would, well, I would defend and, and argue that video games are an art form, first off. Uh, they're an art form that contains many art forms within uh, the game itself. Um, I would argue, you know, video games 
are something that you know people enjoy or it's entertainment they tell stories bring people together and apart uh, <laughs> but i don't know um that's that's a bit of a tough question i'm not sure i'm not sure what i'd really tell the un <laughs> but uh <laughs> i'm here to ask the tough questions yeah <laughs> but um but yeah you know I'd, I'd i guess i'd go in that direction maybe okay that sounds actually fair okay so that was it for today oh, already yeah i have left Thank you, my friend. I thank you for coming in. If you want to and just uh, comes closer to the release, you can always come back. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you want. Uh, I'm always available. So we'll, we'll set something up for sure. That sounds good. Okay. And for all you listeners, you can find the links to all of Vojo's stuff in the description of the video. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast i unfortunately can only say to follow vojo on kickstarter it's chester's revenge there a search for it there go to um, twitter chester's revenge if you type it in the search bar you just find it you don't need the exact handle that's actually true and yeah that's that's it that was vojo studios with chester's revenge thank you for coming and happy to all of her bye-bye thank you